future if you're mm-hmm. answering the same questions about three yeah. days training a million times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, what do you mean three days? Do you mean three days in a row or do you mean three? No, three days. Three days. No, no three days, uh, yeah. Three days. <laughs> right, But that cool. can't be right. <laughs> it is. Right, cool. So, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of The Natty Scene. Uh, this time we're joined with a guest. I haven't had a guest on the podcast for a while. I've been doing, I think I got up to about seven or eight solo podcasts. So it's either with, with George and obviously we had uh, a few other natural bodybuilders this year. But um, I always try and I'd always love to get more people on as guests. Um, obviously, um, this guest today uh, is a guest already, guest already on the podcast. But he's got a new title to his name since... Uh, since he was a guest earlier in the year, but I think for everyone that knew Ben and knew his caliber and, and, and what he was able to uh, sort of uh, put on stage, uh, they would have known that this title was probably his for the taking at some point in the year or at some point in the future, and obviously he managed to do it this year. He became WMBF Pro Lightweight World Champion, which is an incredible uh, accolade to have to his name, of which will stand for a long, long time. And we're going to chat today about, obviously we chatted back in July, we chatted before the, uh, pretty much like sort of just as you'd started prep, to be honest, after you mm-hmm. had the issue with your glute, um, and then just uh, as you sort of get st- got, got started coming down. So we're going to wrap up basically his, his uh, world finals trip, how it all went about, and whether he thought there was anything he could have done differently or changed. Um, lessons learned, etc. over the weekend and obviously just wrapping up the result itself. Um, but it's always a, it's going to be a huge pleasure to obviously speak to Ben, someone uh, that's been in the sport for a long, long time. Put up on Instagram the other day a, a nine-year transformation photo and there's not many people that can actually do that um, and put up nine years worth of physique progression in a stage picture to a stage picture. Very few that actually sort of commit to natural bodybuilding for that level of time so um a wealth of uh anecdotal and experience knowledge from ben so yeah we'll get straight stuck into things um ben so give us a little bit before we go into the worlds itself um give us a little bit of a wrap up between so between the start of your prep and the the first show the uk show um how do you think that went looking back on it um and how do you feel like your condition was at the UK show um, comparative to sort of, well, yeah, comparative to, the la- comparative to the last time you competed? What did you think you improved over the period of time that you had in the off-season to the UK show? Okay. Um, so, first of all, thanks for having me on again. Um, great to have you That's on. Right, um, yeah, Amazing time at the Worlds. Um, yes. Really cool <laughs> to catch up. I'm glad that we're going to be doing this. Before um, I crack on with, you know, how I got on with the Worlds and, and the UK, um, we're going to be doing this quite frequently, aren't we? We're going to be doing um, some content for your website. Um, yep. It's probably going to be about 10 minutes per week, um, question and answers, uh, blogs. Um, going to kind of do, do this as a, as a journey for my off-season um, for people to learn. I mean, obviously, everyone um, documents their pre-contest like I did. Um, yeah. I've never documented my off-season before. So if anyone's interested in that, um, get onto the site. Um, and I'm sure they'll put a link onto your site down below. Absolutely, yeah. Okay. It's going to be very exciting. <laughs> Brilliant. 
Okay, yeah. So, I mean, um, the the first time I stepped on stage this year um, was uh, guest posing at the Heart of England. So I was, um, that was September, and I think I was about, uh, was it nine weeks out from the world? Um, yeah, four, four or like five that. weeks out. Yeah, yeah. And, and to be honest, I, you know, I knew I was in good shape upper body. You know, I was pretty much there, and yes, I was pretty pretty disappointed with. I thought I was in better shape than I was. You know, looking back at the pictures, I was like, oh, you know, I'm really gonna have to start, you know, grinding. And I was probably one kilo heavier than the world's two years previous when I won my pro card. And um, oh, wow. so I thought that you know I could maybe match that shape at uh, at, at the heart. Of, yeah, at a kilo heavier, match the shape. Um, have a bit more size and but that, that wasn't the case and I really knew that I had to grind a little bit further diet a little bit harder and mm. maybe come in um, which turned out I was actually lighter this year than when I won my pro card so yeah. um, you know it's crazy. when I won um, the junior title nine years ago I was the, I didn't have much muscle at all um, and I didn't have that muscle maturity I wasn't as lean um, but I was only one kilo lighter than this year you know one wow, kilo so um Jeez. it's not all about you know gaining you know 100 pounds in the off season yeah and you know as a natural bodybuilder i think you know, people talk about muscle density and maturity and that sort of thing and the look nobody cares how much you weigh on stage you know nobody cares how much you've you've gained but they they judge you on the day and uh, yeah I, I had to get lighter and I knew that from the heart of England. I, I came out, I pretty much screwed up my guest posing. I don't think many people realise, but I, uh, yeah, no, I, I lost kind of, I lost my timing halfway through. Um, I spent half the time on stage, just kind of stood there and doing most it, Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it was very IFDD. It was, uh, yeah, it, it, I, I wasn't, I wasn't completely happy. It was such an honour to be up there as a guest pose. I don't think I put too much pressure on myself, really. Okay. Um, yeah. But it's, yeah, I should have just had fun and yeah, uh, left yeah. it at that. And um, but I went away. It did exactly what um, you know. Lee Kempy gave me a ring um, when I got home, and he was like, "How do you feel about that?" And I told him, and he was like, "Right, so now it's time to work." And he's he's glad that I feel that way because you know now it's you know drop the hammer time and I had a four or five weeks uh, between the guest posing and the UK um, and the goal at the start of the year when I wrote down my goals was top three at the UK in my weight class and top five in the world um, in my pro kind of pro debut year and um, very much prepared to kind of um, you know I would have been very happy with those results um, I would have been happy regardless you know pro pro debut you can't you know, can't control yeah. who's going to turn up and that sort of thing. But yeah. that that was kind of in the back of my mind. So um, to come to the UK, um, the UK international, and I knew that you know, some big names were competing. Um, I knew that top three would be a real, real good result um, and came away with the win. Um, and I was really, really pleased with the progress from the heart of England to the UK. And, and that had come down to um, changing a few things. Um, I was... You know, back to your original question, I, for the first, it was a 28-week prep from the start to the Worlds. Mm. And I think 20, uh, well, nine, up until the heart of England, I was training an upper-lower split, um, training just three uh, times per week. But I was yeah. creeping that volume up 
and um, to the point of up to doing two-hour sessions, which is you know quite common now. I know you train a long period of time, um, but it's unheard of for me to train more than about an hour, hour and a half. And during a deficit, during um, you know 12 weeks before the Worlds, uh, our, our son arrived. Um, mm. So we had a newborn baby as well. Um, yeah. Obviously had this minor surgery 17 weeks out as well. Um, and that, that, you know, stressed me out a little bit. So I, yeah, I was under a lot of stress, lack of sleep and upping my training. And I was looking less and less recovered. Um, I was looking more stressed. And I, mm. it, you could definitely tell that I just wasn't, I was flat all the time, but I was getting weaker in the gym and that sort of thing. So I, after the Heart of England, had a chat with Lee. Um, and he was like, look, just just do things your way. You are a, a world champion. You are, you know, pro standard, a pro world standard. You know, do what you think um, works for you because you know best. Stop, stop asking people what to do. You know, just do what you got to do. Yeah. Um, so I, I just went back to my old ways, which was a three-day split, old school, you know, training heavy, everything once per week enjoying um, the way I train, really tearing it up in the gym, but um, recovering from it yeah. um, and, and eating my way as well, which was just, you know, three basic meals with yeah. three protein shakes in between with some fruit and um, healthy meals and just, just enjoying it. And it just felt a lot more uh, at ease. And I was able to actually improve my strength uh, going into the UK show. And my weight came down um two kilos um so i actually weighed less at the uk than i did at the amateur um worlds wow so yeah yeah and then i i looked a lot better i was so yeah, happy with how i looked yeah. yeah best ever condition and full um i felt confident on stage the peak was was perfect again i just did things my way which was real relaxed um you know slight increase in food the day before um but nothing crazy. Uh, again, uh, really sensitive to like carbs and sodium and things like that. So I didn't mess around. I just kind of upped my food, what I was eating anyway, and uh, came in and managed to win, yeah. which was yeah. uh, just mind-blowing, mind-blowing, and took the overall you were still as well. shocked. Yeah, you were very shocked at the overall. <sighs> like, unbelievable. Did you ever could, think that you could kind of achieve that kind of thing? In your not, no, no. And I, you know... I knew me and Damo were quite uh, evenly matched. Um, okay. You know, he's got a bit, he's got muscle maturity and he could make me look uh, real small in some of his shots, especially his, like his, his side chest shots. He's got a, a much bigger chest, much harder quads. Um, you know, he, he really, you know, caused some damage on the stage. Um, but the, the judges, get, you know, saw it my way on the day. Um, I think... I don't know, maybe from the back I was like more conditioned yeah, and had more sight. Yeah, it. and that's what the judges went for in the day. Um, yep. you know, and obviously Thomas as well came third. Um, fantastic. I was at the Worlds in 16 when, when I won my pro card and he came second at the Worlds uh, that year. Oh. And I remember just sitting right at the front in front and just thinking, wow, you know, he, no, he's not going to beat Ortiz who's um, just a freak. You know, a massive, massive quads and just like the best lightweight you'll ever kind of see. Um, but he's an easy second and I just rock hard. Again, mature muscle and great shape. And I just thought, yeah, if I can compete against him and do well, um, you know, 
fantastic. So to beat him as well was was a real kind of privilege. Yeah. But yeah, to go into the overall um, and you know, um, is it Martin Petro? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, he, heavy, yeah. yeah, yeah, he if, again conditioned, thick muscle. If you look at some of the shots, me stood next to him, he just makes me look like a child. You know, his arms, his chest, his back. You know, he's, he's so strong in the gym as well. You know, and just does basic stuff. He, again, trains three days a week. Um, you know, sometimes four, maximum. Old school kind of heavy weights, good natural food, um, and and that's how he looks. But I think the judges preferred my shape. He's got he's quite a blocky, big, blocky guy, and I've got quite a small waist and a, a bit more of an X frame. And I think that's what the judges kind of went for again on the day. Um, so to say that overall, that's you know a massive highlight. Uh, they all are massive highlights, but you know that that was just an amazing yep. day. My family were there, uh, my son um, and da- daughter was old enough. She's now three and a half, so she was old enough to know what's going on. She's there shouting. Uh, you know, support and stuff. And my son got him on stage with, with my with my partner as well, um, and that was yep. just special. That was real cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, that was that was def- definitely a great day to watch as well on my end because obviously uh-huh. having followed your prep and, and knowing how much you 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 wanted to do well, but not only that, you know, watching someone of your caliber be humble in that experience as well, and you know, not not coming guns blazing saying I'm going to win it, I'm going to win it, you know, being very sort of set aside to that and like it just makes it so much more awesome to watch when you see someone humble take a a victory that, you know, you know they've worked extremely hard for. So, Mm. yeah, it was fantastic, mate. And obviously great, great in terms of um, your, the way you put across the fact that, you know, you're going your way with things because I know that, you're like having spent some time with you at the worlds, you're very much an individual that wants to learn and wants to yeah. gauge what other people are doing and, and that's fantastic and I think a lot of people are like that. But in the process of a prep, it's it's a case of getting knuckling down and doing what work what's always worked and what works for you. Um which Absolutely, is very, yeah. very individual dependent. Mm-hmm. Um and you've obviously seen that in your results that you had in the short moment of time from the the heart of England to the finals, you know, drastic changes with, you know, an approach that has simply just worked for you in the past. Yeah. Um, so it's, that's, that's great to see. So upon the, the UK result, what was your general thesis around, you know, heading to Worlds? What did you feel like you needed to, to do in terms of making your mark on the world stage and, and obviously vying for, you know, what you'd, deemed as your goal with the top five what did you feel like you had to do uh to improve from the uk yeah so i mean obviously i knew that Debo and um, thomas were both going out to the world so that that made me really confident that and i know that they've both come runners up at the worlds before so i knew that you know a top five was well within my grasp if i really knuckled down and um, yeah so it made it quite easy um to set the goal because they set the weight class in advance um so I knew that I had to lose weight. I had to diet down further. You know, if that wasn't the case, you know, I maybe would have um, not dropped so much weight. But I'm kind of glad I did um, because I came yeah. sharper at the Worlds. Um, you know, I came in, I weighed in at 159.9 and it was a yeah. 160 pound uh, cutoff. And that calibrated scale was like this on the, the morning. And I cut, you know, I, I had my last meal on the plane, um, maybe 
12 hours before weigh-in, maybe maybe longer. Um, that was my last meal, and it was tiny little meals as well to make sure I wasn't bloated, no like big piles of veg or anything like that, um, and like a protein shake before bed, and that was it. And then I got up, um, walking around all morning, bit of posing, that sort of thing, then weighed in, um, you know, 50 grams into the lightweight category. So, yeah, it could have been a sip of water or something yep. could have had me over. But, um, yeah, that all just came together perfectly. And I was just like, yes, this is looking good now. You know, I'm going to be the heaviest lightweight up there. Um, yeah. And this is my last chance to compete at the Worlds as a lightweight um, at my first uh, pro debut. So let, let's give it everything. And I was confident going into that. I knew that my condition was getting only going to get better as I maybe ate some food during the day and I had like um, a typical off-season um, amount of calories for me. It was about 3,000 a day and I had that okay. um, on the, the day before the show and yeah. I was just looking better and better as the day went on and then by the end of the day, um, looking real full by the morning, looking still full but crisp and yeah, as you you know, you text me at 5am saying, if you, if you want to come down for some power, you knew I'd be awake so I was like, yeah, yeah, come down. <laughs> Came down, did some posing, and yeah, it, I knew I'd, I'd, I'm going to do well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can t totally, totally agree that you know your peaking process was very well thought through because you know you could have done, you could have probably gotten away with multiple days of loading, but you had the yeah. travel involved to the to, and the long flight, very, very long flight, which is mm. disruptive for someone who stays as active as you. You know, doing ten thousand steps a day on a plane is uh, is a little hard work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw you walking up and down the aisles as many times as you could. Um, that, yeah, it's but, just, I had to keep moving, man. Yeah, do you do you find, interestingly enough, like I found the flight very difficult um, from a satiety aspect because when you're usually at home in between meals, you can go for a walk or you can keep busy and you can keep your mind occupied. But I can imagine you like on, on like low food because you had to make the weight and also the fact that you were sitting still so you finished a meal and you're just like sat there afterwards did you find that that flight a little bit tough or have you gotten used to it with flying out a couple couple of times for worlds now yeah i mean i thought i would i thought i'd really struggle because uh, you know being hungry through through prep anyway um mm. you know and i thought sat down just thinking about maybe food thinking about Ella. but i obviously having a newborn i haven't had a, a night's sleep with less than you know more than four hours bef between like break you know getting up and making yeah. bottles and that sort of thing yeah. um so man, i was looking forward to just yeah 11 hours of just chilling listening to music you know watching a bit of telly and i, yeah. I really just kicked back and i was yeah now i was chilling out you know ah, it, it was okay. so stressful the last few weeks of prep you know as, as you know experiences you can be it doesn't get any easier um, and with work and with family and with you know other problems and you know obstacles that are going to uh, you know arise yeah it never gets easy um so just cool. to get on that plane and they'd be like bang uh you know listen to some music you know bit of food chilling yeah chatting to you know some of the some of the uka team i never spoken to before you know never really mm. knew um yeah. so it was cool to walk around and chat to the team and get to know everyone and the team was awesome this year there's so usually good. you know uh, out of you know Everybody that goes, there's one or two people that are a bit closed up or they've, you know, maybe, um, you know, a bit negative or, you know, it, it just happens, you know, in a, in a large group. But everybody was just awesome. 
And I knew that after leaving the, you know, after chatting to everyone on the plane, I knew that, you know, this is going to be the best team yet. We're going to have some cool times. And so, so yeah, no, I didn't find it too difficult, the, the plane journey. It was more focused on making the weight. Um, and I was way within the weight for the, for the last week or so. I was maybe one or two pounds. Um, yeah. I was weighing in at like 158, 159 in the morning. So to come in at 159.9, I knew that, which is good. Um, you know, I didn't want to get too flat and too, you know, depleted. Um, so yeah. I, I knew I'd, I couldn't get any better, couldn't get any kind of tighter than that. And for people that obviously I know with traveling in the past on a plane and, and doing shows, but for people that aren't aware and maybe are going to travel on a on a plane and do a show or come across the world if they're looking to qualify and things like that, how did you manage your, your food? Did you take your food with you on the plane? Um, how did you manage your meals with the time difference? And also, how did you like manage your water on the plane as well? How did you okay. sort of manage those things? Yeah, so again, Lee Kemp, who's, um, you know, looks over everything I do, he has done since day one. Um, yeah. You know, I he knows to give me advice that's simple and easy to follow. And if he, if he said to me, look, yeah, um, I want you to manipulate this and every two hours sip on this and this, he knows I'm just going to stress. So he's like, no, eat your normal food. There's an eight-hour time difference. So add two, like, meals. He knows I have, like, a meal, a shake, a meal, a shake, a meal, like that throughout the day. So it was just like, have another meal, have another shake, job done. And that's what I did. So, yeah, I took it all on the plane. Um, it real, real simple, real easy. Have a shaker bottle, load of water, a couple of sachets of protein, um, and a few, few tubs of food. And every few hours, you just... Crack it open. Yeah. Job done. Alternate. Make it simple. The last meal is you can't take any food off the plane into the states the other side. So as the plane's landing, you have your last meal. And then we got to the hotel, went out shopping, prepped a load of food for the next day. Um, and that last meal was just going to be a shake anyway. So, yeah, real simple. Perfect. I didn't even prep food, in fact, until after I weighed in the next day. I didn't have to stay up all night. Like last time, I stayed up and cooked loads of food and, and didn't get much sleep and stressed it. I just went to bed, just chilled. Yeah. Um, I, I shared a room with uh, Henry, who, who won the world um, grandmaster's title. Um, he's such a cool guy, such a hardcore, old school guy. But he was just like, right, gonna... And he had like a steak and went to bed. And, and, and he was, yeah, su- such a cool... Yeah, he bought all basic ingredients like um you know loads of organic vegetables loads of organic meat and stuff and he was just like cooking these w- wicked meals and yeah he cooked me a load of food as well so it was, that was pretty cool made it even more stress-free yeah. for me yeah that's yeah. one of the that's one of the good things about traveling with the uk dfba is we obviously get you get teamed up with some yeah. other competitor in your room and i, I was with um the physique guy kieran and i was with jack stanier as well the teen so yeah. yeah, I had a fantastic time with with those guys as well, and you make some some really good friends, and mm. obviously you're all sort of comparing processes, and people do things so differently, but you just got to you know crack on with your own thing, and um, yeah, so it's it's such a great experience. It's why you know why traveling with the UK DFBA is is just fantastic, um, yeah. and obviously you know for the, for the amateurs everything is pretty much there for you on a on a plate. You know you get to travel with them, you get to get your hotel paid for and all you have to do is feed yourself like you would at home. Um, yeah, we're so lucky, man. It's mind-blowing. It, yeah, it, it, Lee makes sure it's not just a contest. Um, he, he makes it a, yeah. a real life-changing experience. 
um, and it and it truly is. You know, he, he he doesn't do things by halves. Um, he'll look after you and work first thing in the morning till last thing at night to make sure that your experience um, is is the one that you know he wants for you. Um, and how, what do we bring home? What ten world champions this this time? Like, yeah, so exactly. it's, it's yeah. yeah, crazy. And that's why you know it's it's part it's partly why we do that is because you know we have you know some of the best athletes obviously in the UK, but mm-hmm. also it's it's like how how we travel across, how we you know form a team, and that support is going to help the athletes chill out, relax, and do their best and perform their best and. That's why we're putting good athletes on stage is because we're supporting them so well. So mm-hmm. it's like the, all these things that Lee does definitely d- does pay off in the caliber of athletes that we see on our qualifiers and our, our finals. It's just it's just yeah. all paying off and that's why we're bringing home so much so many trophies. Yeah, um, and it's why the UK, the FBA grows so much every year as well. As every qualifier and final, every show this year was sold out. Um yeah, the venues yeah. are almost too small now for the UK DFBA. Um, great, great yeah. venues. But he was, you know, raising money for charity, selling tickets and things after, you know, people left. And, you know, it's just, just I've never known it to grow, any anything to grow so quickly, you know, year on year. I know that this coming year, the, the dates were released today. Um, it's going to be a two-day event, the, the finals. Um, and rightly so. Yes. You know, it needs to be. Yeah. Um, as big as the venue was for the finals, it was it was packed, you know. So yeah, room for growth. Competitors were on stage too late, you know. Like mm. it's just going to get yeah. later and later as well, isn't it? So yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, no, awesome. Can't wait for next year. Good. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think the the split the split day will favour the spectators as well because if they split it the way that it was discussed, I think it was. Uh, most likely going to be some form of physique and uh, bikini on one day with potentially figure with them or something like that. It hasn't been confirmed yet, but no. I think it will favour the spectators because there was a lot of there's a lot of spectators for physique mm-hmm. and bikini that yeah. aren't particularly too interested in bodybuilding and uh, all of the other men's and women's classes that they're just really interested in seeing bikini and physique. So I think it will favour the support that we get for each competitor as well because yeah. you know you'll have had some of the the bodybuilding people leave by that point or physique people not turn up, et cetera, et cetera, until later. So the support yeah. will probably be no. even better and the audience will be hanging around for the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, if people are into bodybuilding, they're going to see a bodybuilding show and if people are more into the physique, um, you know, that that's what they're going to be there for. So, yeah, why not? Why not? Absolutely. Yeah, sick. So, Worlds, Worlds itself, let's mm-hmm. discuss a little bit of that. So you got to Worlds, you got your meals ready after the weigh and you weighed in um the show day itself how did you find the show day uh, obviously going back to a venue where you know you won your pro card um, yeah. that must have brought back a lot of fantastic memories and, amazing yeah yeah so explain the show day how did how did that all pan out for you cool okay so obviously all the the polygraph and everything's done the day before um you're all set you have an athlete's meeting the night before um, and it, they told us in the athletes' meeting that they, they were going to split um, the, the lightweights um, into yep. light and bantam. So under 160 and, and um, so yeah, 100, under 150, 150, yeah, up to 160. So it was perfect for me. There was, I think, eight in my class um, and eight in maybe seven 
or eight, seven or eight in bantam and lightweight. Um, so really good. Yeah. Um, I knew some real good guys, um, you know, including Damo and Thomas, who had stood on stage already with, um, plus another couple of guys that had come runners up um, at the Worlds before. Yes. So yeah, really excited. Um, good night's sleep um, ish. You know, and woke up real, real. Yeah, I mean, I, it was more excitement than uh, it was. No nerves. You know, I was excited. I knew the work was done. I was looking better as time went on. Um, you know, almost a full belly at that point. Went to bed, and yeah, woke up 5 a.m. Real excited. So yeah, time to go. Um, once we um, did a bit of posing, um, got to the venue pretty early. I think it was like before eight o'clock. And uh, yeah. yeah, with with the split show, so there's pre-judging, which is the the judging part. You know, the the main, I think at least two thirds of the show is judged. Um, and I knew that I always look better first thing in the morning if I can get enough carbs in mm-hmm. um, and just snack throughout the day. Um, I look better, and then I start kind of once I'm as full as I'm gonna get, I start to smooth over a little bit, but uh, and looking a bit tired um, by the evening. So I knew that that was in my favour also. Um, got backstage. We, Team UK kind of had a big kind of space, which was great. Um, and backstage was massive anyway. So you, you're chatting to all these guys, all these world champions and stuff that you see on the internet and have, have heard about. And um, yeah, that just adds to the experience. Um, but yeah, what it, we, we were called um, that we we're going to be on stage in half an hour. So started slapping the tan on. We had a great uh, support network come with us. We had uh, Scott Gelton and we had, you know, Rich Walker and, you know, a whole, whole yeah. team yourself um, slapping tan on. Um, and, yeah, did a great job. I think you put the tan on me in about seven minutes. So that, that was pretty cool. <laughs> all slapped on and good to go. Pump up. I didn't even have to get the chocolate on my bag. You even did that for me. So, yeah, you were hand feeding me, <laughs> pumping up. It made it real effortless. Uh, and then we, yeah, went out. I instantly knew, um, you know, we were all lined up and they put me in the middle straight away. And I was just like, this, this is good. This is looking good. You know, having judged a couple of shows in the past, I know this is a good sign. Um, and then they were rotating people around me um, for most of the judging. The judging takes ages at the world. So, you know, it's real hard work. Um, but adrenaline's pumping. You, you, you want to have as much time on stage as you can. Um, so you're constantly working. People are rotating around me. And then they pushed me off right to the end. Uh, and I was worried for a second. I was thinking, you know, um, you know, this is great and everything. And then they put me on the end and I'm thinking, ah, uh, this could mean one or two things. This could mean, you know, I was weaker on some of the shots. Um, you know, it looked great from the back. And, for, you know, when we went into the muscularity round, maybe I wasn't quite as good. Um, but then none of the judges were looking at me at all. Yeah, they were looking straight in the middle. So I, we, I was going through the shots and none of the judges were even looking in my direction. So I knew that that could have been pretty good. Um, they probably judged me. Uh, they've placed me. And uh, now it's, you know, on to second and third, which it, it evidently was at the end. Um, you know, when they announced after the posing uh, round, um, yeah, world champion. <laughs> Madness. <laughs> Still hasn't sunk in, mate. Still hasn't sunk in. Yeah. But yeah, um, Absolutely. No, amazing, amazing. Were you, were you still sort of like carrying a little, I mean, you said to yourself, obviously you weren't nervous the night before, 
Mm-hmm. You when you sort of hit the stage and were up there and you realised like, well, fuck, like I'm actually in this lineup. I'm I'm being called centre and I'm I'm being held here. Did that initial moment of being held centre and and sort of going through the initial poses? Did that sort of make you feel a little bit more anxious and a little bit more nervous? And did you feel like a bit unsteady in that moment? Or yeah, I, I usually have the same thoughts go from my head where whenever I um, compete and. It's, I remember there's been a few times in the past, one time in 2016 when I was um, at the heart of England and I really didn't believe in myself at that point and um, I was in the overall, I won my weight class, um, won the middleweight, so I was in the overall with Sam Watt and I was just stood next to Sam and multiple British champion and I, just, I was just having fun and I remember looking down um, and Mark Oakes was sat there and he was just like, get working, now, this could be yours and I, I was... I kind of had that mindset again because um, I, you know, I look around and there's these you know, world champions and stuff and I could lose out if I didn't work, you know, and if, if I was yeah. if I stood next to Sam and just kind of messing around, being like, wow, look at this guy and getting a few photos and, you know, I could have been judged and or not judged and lost. And um, so I make sure I graft every time I'm on stage now and uh, really work as if really like it's a, if it's a split decision you know treat it like it's going to be a split decision and they they need to see you know that little bit extra um yeah so when mark oaks he looked up and he was like you know you start working now you know graph this this could be yours and, and i went on to win that overall um you know sam beat me at the at the british you know a few weeks later but um you know i went on to win the overall and i just kind of my expectations of myself went you know much higher um after that win so yeah, um, I, I treat every t- every com- you know every competition like a uh, split decision now. So that's what I was doing. Yeah, I was in the middle, but I was like, right, I, I need to hit every. No, I do posing practice every day when I'm competing you know, during the prep. So yeah. I was like hitting it harder than I've ever like posed before. You know, trying to make it look effortless, and you know, it pulled off. Yeah, absolutely, and I could tell. You can, you can tell as a, as a spectator in the overall, uh, even in the overall, when you're up against Babacar, who's like, yeah. like Sam, is a similar caliber, you know, multiple champion. Um, you know, you could tell as soon as you sort of got into your initial poses, you were like, okay, I'm going to give this everything I've got. Yeah, that's um, what I'm there for, I'm yeah. keep battling like this guy is beatable, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that's really important for, for people to understand, especially people doing their first show who are lacking initial confidence and they're like on... They're unsure as to the expectations they should put on themselves. Mm. Like, where am I going to place? What am I going to do? I always find that, funnily enough, like coaching clients, the ones that don't think that they're the shit are actually Mm -hmm. the shit and they're going to do really, really well. Mm. And they should have more confidence. And this is a big thing that I want to put into my clients this year is like helping them out more one-to-one with not only just how they're setting up posing, but how they're they're going into shots, how they're presenting themselves with confidence. Yeah. Because um, a lot of my really good clients this year, like I saw them on stage, and I, I just wanted to teach them how to want it more. You know. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you have uh, some incredible that's, that's physiques. That takes time, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, it's again at the British in 2016. I, you know, I was look backstage like, oh, no, I don't think I'm, I'm going to do well. And Rich Gosdecki, a good friend of mine, he, he was like, get up there, own the stage. Be the first to hit every shot, you know, right in the center. Yeah. You know, don't don't mess around. 
you know, be confident. And, you know, having someone like Rich tell you things, you're like, yeah, all right, you know, I'll do that. And it was the same with some of your clients this year, some phenomenal physiques, you know, that were almost hiding, you know, at the back of the stage yep. a little bit and or coming out. You know, if they were confident, you'd think, wow, it would add almost another 10% to their physique because everything would just kind of flow and... Yeah. Um, but they, yeah, they were hiding away a little bit, and it really does—you can tell, you know, when you're on there, yeah. you know, under the lights, you can't hide, you know, you've got to be—you've got to be confident. So even appear confident just for that few minutes, you know, even if you're not a confident guy, you know, appear, you know, confident, and you know, it'll pull off. Yeah, I mean, you even said it to me when I was pumping up backstage at the British yeah. for the. Um... Um, for the juniors, you know, you even said it to me, you were like, you know, positive reinforcement that my conditioning was uh, um, sort of not anyone else was going to beat it. And nope. that, that for me was enough for me to just hit every shot with a lot of confidence and be mm. like not cocky, but be a little bit like showy on the shots that I knew that I had. So uh, on the shots that made me look better than the rest in yeah. terms of conditioning, like, like it, side the, down the side of my thigh into my glute and hamstring. Yeah. You know, when I knew that I had those bits and those body parts, like I would be very much like, you know, this is this is here, they haven't got that kind of thing. Yeah, um, you've worked hard. So you've grafted for years for, for those body parts, you know, for <laughs> you know your strengths and everything. Show them. That's what you're there for. Yeah. There to compete. You know, you don't have to be aggressive to, to compete. You know, you don't have to be pushing all your competitors out the way and everything, but but no, exactly. show yourself to the best of your ability. You know, treat it like you, you've already won, you know, and, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. There's there's a difference between confidence and cockiness. Yeah. yeah. Now, is there anything that you think you, you change or do differently with the whole, the whole world's experience, or would you just say that it was pretty damn fucking tick the box kind of thing, done everything, but, wouldn't change like, anything? At, at the Worlds itself or the, the prep or, you know? Just the Worlds, just the Worlds yeah. weekend, whether anything, anything in, in, in the period up to it, whether, you know, the, when, did you push too hard in the training session before? I saw you training your fucking balls off <laughs> on the day before. Um, you were going to keep that a secret. But I'm yeah, don't tell me. Yeah. You know, you're definitely not keeping reps in reserve on the bench press. <laughs> no, no. Um, I saw you on the bench next to me, <laughs> repping out, so I thought, oh, it's got to, you know. I was just scared you were gonna tear a peck, but I just let you go yeah. and do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I never, yeah, I never normally anything... train like that either. It was just because, yeah, no. showing off a little bit. Completely right. <laughs> stupid idea. Yeah, it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, luckily, luckily, it didn't hinder oh, it my. Worked, uh, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stupid. I was drop set, super set. So that was meant like, to be a pump different. session, right? So I think maybe the I only got a thing pump you change right. is do an actual pump session. Yeah. Yeah, um, in 2016, when yeah, I, I guess I, that that would be. I don't know if I'd change that. I can't say I'd change anything now. I've come home, the world champion, session, and had it? it was a great session and a great play. We went to that Dave Fisher's um, powerhouse gym, didn't we? And um, yeah, that's my favourite gym in LA, um, without a doubt. He, he's he was there. He's a great guy, and the quit. It was just hardcore. We had like metal being put. You know, we had things like disturbed and. Um, Avenged Sevenfold and you know being pumped down the, the system he put on whatever music you want equipment was great even went through some posing with an IFBB Pro afterwards you know it doesn't get better than that you know and we saw we saw Arnie at God's Gym so you know yeah there you go yeah, yeah. 
So uh, you yeah, know, it's it, yeah, it a real experience. So, so po- post show, obviously, you're infamous for not handling that phase too well. Um, <sighs> you've had phases of like you know weight regain that's been potentially a bit too fast, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and you were, <laughs> you know, you came into it like committed to to not yeah. have that happen again. And mm-hmm. you know, actually, watching you, like, I think besides the one the one first meal, I think you actually did a pretty good job at, at remaining fairly sensible to be honest from the outside mm. looking in i thought you did a fairly good job but yeah. just be honest like talk people through the the day after the show <laughs> yeah. how the how the whole eating scenario went even yeah. to the point of the the final meal that you had <laughs> the, the which one <laughs> yeah okay right so on it being honest now um yeah no i've made it a priority in fact it was one of my goals as as high as um, doing well at the Worlds um, was to have a healthy, uh, I wrote it as have a healthy um, transition back into the off-season. And for me, that means gaining a, an initial bit of weight, um, you know, and having a couple of days of just normal eating like a normal person and then tapering up my food. Um, so maybe by Christmas, I'd be about a stone over contest weight um, about six weeks after. Yeah. And I think that was kind of a, a good thing. Um, but... So we uh, went to In-N-Out Burger after the show, um, oh, which yeah. is kind of a tradition. If you compete in LA, you know it's open till silly o'clock in the morning. We went there with the, some of the team. Um, I had an In-N-Out Burger, you know, great. Didn't do much damage, but pretty salty to be fair, um, and was swelling up yeah. big time. By the way, you know, when I went home, it started the swell. Yeah, and I was just on, a, on a, such a high. So I got back to the hotel at like 2 a.m. Um, the show didn't finish. We didn't leave till uh, it was maybe gone half twelve, half midnight, something like that. Um, yeah. So after you know queuing up for this burger, and there's a massive queue at like one a.m. God knows why, LA. And yeah, um, got back to the hotel at like two. And managed to FaceTime my girlfriend and kids, and give them a little tour of the hotel and that sort of thing. Um, and then had a just a million messages on Instagram saying congratulations and photos and footage and stuff that I was like, you know, replying. I, I like to reply to everybody that, you know, congratulates you. Cause I was that, I was that guy. I still am that guy. I'm so a huge fan of the sport and, and it's nice to interact with people that are, that are winning at the time and stuff. So yeah, I was there, you know, course. messaging back before I knew it, it was like half five, you know, they started to put out the, the stuff for breakfast and I was like, Come on, give me a break. So, hadn't had a wink of sleep. <laughs> still got my tan on. Um, so I went up and had a shower. Woke Henry up, bless him. He, he pretends that he didn't wake up, but he was awake. Um, and yeah, got my tan off. Came downstairs and thought, well, breakfast is out now. I might as well dig in. Uh, didn't have a wink of sleep. I was stuck fatigued, but again, still running high. Um, had about seven or eight plates of food. Um, and then you threw out there, oh, fancy training at Golds? So I was like, oh, right, give me an hour. Just give me an hour to try and digest. So, um, yeah, went to went to Golds. I could barely get on some of the machines. I was so bloated. And then my, yeah, we did a little bit of leg training. You you trained, you know, I was saying, so, so impressed with your intensity, even on a, I know that that wasn't you at your max, but what you can give to a, <laughs> You know, to a training session where it's just a bit of fun. It was crazy. 
Now, I've seen you repping out on that hack squat. You know, um, that's going to stay with me. You know, you, you went to failure. Your aim was five plates aside for 20 reps halfway through the session. Um, and I was, you know, when you go, you know, one more, one more. And I, I think you can really grind out one more. You did another seven reps, you know, and I was crazy. I think you did 23 reps with five plates aside, which is impressive. But also, yeah, I thought you hit failure at about, yeah, 16 reps. Um, I was about to start, you know, spotting you and then you just grinding them out. It was crazy. Um, so yeah, um, thanks, man. But yeah, no, it was just it was just a fun time, um, and then we just yes. yeah we managed to walk a lot that day. We walked up and down Venice Beach, so that kind of distracted me from food a little bit. Although we we had uh, went to the firehouse and had firehouse, had a bob. Yeah, a, a real cool place. Um, you now I had steak and rice for for thirty five dollars. Yeah, Bob Bowl. They did. They didn't know who Bob was though. No, that that was the most disappointing part of that meal for me, was um, just... <laughs> yeah, I, you know you're in this iconic Bob, place. Yeah, you're in this <laughs> iconic place. Like, this is the firehouse. This is where, and they sell it to you like this is where the champions have eaten for you know the last fifty years. And you're like, wow, that's amazing. So Arnie used to sit over there, and so okay, oh, I'll have the Bob Bowl. Who's Bob? And I'm thinking it'll be like I don't know Bob Paris or something. I've got some one of some decent yeah. you know champion for and they were like they looked at the menu like they'd never seen it before like bob who bob bob do we know bob is? no no bob and i was like uh, i was throwing out bodybuilders to them like bob chicarello bob uh, and he was just like no we don't know but we'll make it yeah i was like brilliant Thanks. i think it's bob chicarello i think I'm just it trying is to look online now to see who it is but i'm thinking it's bob chicarello I think it is because he did a he did a series where he trained at Golds and he went and met there afterwards. I remember on bodybuilding.com years ago when I was a teenager, yeah. I used to follow um, like loads of stuff on there, and I'm pretty sure, pretty sure it's Bob Chicarella. Sort of thing he'd eat big yeah. slab of steak on a pile of rice. Um, but yeah, yeah, no, that they, was they great. They just kept saying Bob like we were meant to understand. <laughs> they, they were like, yeah, they're just Bob. Yeah, their answer was. Oh, Bob, yeah, no, he's a bodybuilder. And I was like, right, yeah, Bob Bob who? And he was like, oh, he's a bodybuilder. I was like, we're all bodybuilders. If you say his surname, <laughs> we might know who once. he is. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you name a bowl after everyone that comes in? So, so yeah. No, and then we went to the Cheesecake Factory. Um, yeah, we ate, we ate quite a lot. I'm sure there was some food in between there as well. Maybe. Maybe no, there that, was. No, that was it. Like that we literally it. had the firehouse, and then we went to cheesecake. Yes, factory. we walked. Yeah, we walked down to Muscle Beach, didn't we? And then uh, cheesecake factory. Mark had... just got his calorie dense shake. Yeah, wow. It was just like a chocolate bar in a cup, wasn't it? Four four it's... kilo shake. Yeah, <laughs> so heavy, so heavy. Yeah, and then yeah. then on the way home, so... I thought, you know what? We'll um, I'll cap it there. Uh, it'll be a real progression for me just to have one day of splurging out only one day instead of six weeks so i'll um i'll go and find some food and so you guys got i jumped out the taxi halfway home and went and found some burrito place <laughs> and just asked them for the the dirtiest burrito they can make and they did so i, I brought that back and i was just shattered at that point you know i hadn't slept I, I slept maybe four hours in the last three nights including the time difference and everything else so uh, sat in, next to the pool, next to the fire pit with the team, 
and just gorged on this uh, massive burrito that came with about 30 tacos as well. Um, so yeah, had that and then just went to bed and then got up yeah. and we trained and we went to LA Fitness um, yeah. and ate fairly well that day and then we yeah, went home. Had a, had a couple of hours of tequila in uh, the airport though and I, I must admit I was, was hunting around for food a little bit then. But yeah, no, to be honest, um, so I'm, I'm probably about, um, you know, 10 to 12 pounds over contest weight now. So I, I've gained okay. more than yeah. I, more than I thought I would be happy. You know, we had a conversation cause I've, I've, you know, one of my goals was to stay a little bit leaner and um, this off season, mm. but maybe I was a bit too ambitious instead of, um, my usual 83, 84 kilos, I was thinking of 78, 77, 78. You're like, come on, man, that's, it's not going to be. And I'm already over that now, you know, so I am going to be between 79 and 80 kilos, which for me is around like 10% over contest weight. Um, so what I'll do is simple as that. I'll, I'll rein things in as soon as I hit that. I don't mind if I, I look an ugly 79, 80 at the moment and then my body, you know, composition changes over time. I'm not fussed about that. Yeah, I mean, already... Now my face is really, really quite bloated and stuff, and I feel bloated and watery, and, and I'm lighter than I would be, looking a lot tighter later, you know, in maybe after Christmas. So, I'm not, I'm not too fussed. Um, I just don't want to get silly, so I, I then, you know, constantly thinking about mini cuts and that sort of thing. I just want to hold a strong and lean kind of uh, physique, get stronger at that weight um, over years, and you know, then start the process again. So yeah. my uh, my twenty percent battery uh, is just come on. So if we cut off, I do okay. apologise. We're good. I think we're all right. We'll be okay. Yeah. Um. So with with that being said, with the off season sort of the cap and strong and lean, obviously that's going to be you know beneficial comparison to previous previous off seasons. Yeah. Um. One of the questions are, that we did have come through. We won't cover too many of them. Um. Mm-hmm. But. One of the questions that was asked, and I'm, you know, again from my perspective, I think it's an interesting question, is you know people of the opinion that you know you prefer to sit lower calories, sit more closer to maintenance calories, and obviously improve gym performance over the off season. So I think people are maybe getting confused with that because you know you are actually looking to gain scale weight at yeah. some point. You're just looking to hover a bit leaner. So. With you know, obviously you you've set you set your off season diet at this sort of three thousand calorie mark. Mm-hmm. Do you envision your calories going up once you've sort of hardened the body composition, or are you just going to hover at this level? Like, what's the plan when once you've hardened up this this weight that you're at right now? What's yeah. the plan thereafter? So I'm not a, a massive um, you know I I understand it makes sense to kind of as you would progressively lower your calories during a prep progressively increase your calories during an off season and yes your body weight would yeah. rise uh, but i'm sure i i know for me you know i'm, I'm going to advance training now i'm not going to gain more than a pound or two per year um, and if i have a really good off season which i, I will this time uh, maybe two or three pounds so that makes no sense for me to to gain um an extra 15 pounds um, and then have to diet that body fat off and probably lose one or two of the pounds that I've I've gained of the three. So um, I sure. for health, for um, you know, 
mindset and and just for for being strong and of course for work as well I'm a, I'm a personal trainer fitness instructor um you know i need to walk the walk i can't be you know getting too heavy just for the you know it would be fun I'm, i've got a massive appetite it would be great to put a load of food away you know i've never been in a position where i struggle to put food in um but i know for me if i can be you know 16 pounds over contest weight that's enough wiggle room for me to you know be a couple of pounds um heavier come come stage you know stage time sure. or at least look better you know it's worked for me again i've got to do it my way it's worked for me every time i've competed from when i was a novice and yeah. you know then two years later winning the open class then two years later as, as a pro i've improved considerably yes. so it, there's no reason for me then to change uh, the process so yeah I'll, I'll keep it around 3,000 calories and don't forget that that's not including um, you know cheat meals in moderation exactly. as well which at the moment is is frequently um, as, as every day you know and it's not not too crazy but you know the, I won't turn anything down you know and then by maybe after New Year it'll be once a week you know maybe twice if there's stuff going on during the week as well but it might be just a, a meal on a Saturday night a, a couple of drinks if it's someone's birthday that sort of thing um, you know, just normal, normal living, you know, so it's probably a higher calorie day that day, but yeah, I, I will keep my weight around that 79 to 80 for probably a few years. And I know that in three or four years time, that will be a very lean 79, 80 compared to a 79, 80 now that's watery and flabby and, uh, yeah, not very good. So sure. That's, Absolutely. that's the plan. And I think, so that's nutrition covered. I think one question that also other people are really, really sort of um, wanting the answer on and wanting to sort of hear your opinion, um, an open mindset about is, mm -hmm. so you've tried, and this is me trying to dissect things within your training. So you've tried increasing volume on the way down when you're dieting, you're in a deficit. And you've yeah. tried that with the uh, rotation to your upper lower split. Mm -hmm. and you know doing more so doing more than your usual three times a week of one body part yeah you tried that when you're in a def deficit it didn't work you got weaker and your physique was noticeably fading but mm -hmm. you were also coupling with that with two forms of stressor one being the deficit in the prep and the other being having a newborn child yes <laughs> that was timing um yeah. so what's your thoughts what's your thoughts on maybe at some point trying higher volume or higher frequency coupled with a low stress environment. So your little ones little bit more growing up, there's mm -hmm. more sleep, um, there's less stress from that. Um, maybe work's going really, really well. You know, your, your, work, your work stress is low. Your calories are potentially higher than 3,000. So whether that's from cheat meals or just your general diet is higher than 3,000. What's, what's your thoughts on creating the environment for that and trying, you know, an increased frequency, maybe a four, four day or a five day per week split? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I am going down that route um, without the frequency at the moment. So um, this off season, I, yes. you know what, um, last off season, this is how for the, and it's somehow it still works and I still improve, but I set my calories at two and a half thousand in my off season. Um, with calves around well, less than 300 a day. So I was almost dieting oh, on more calories for the duration of my prep than my off-season last time. That just yeah. shows 
the dangers of a binge and restrict cycle that didn't really stop um, all the way through. So I was Monday to Friday kind of just going, no, I need to kind of uh, stick to this. And then I'd struggle by the weekends. I'd have the whole weekend of eating way too much. Um, and then I'd be back on two and a half. So now I know that 3,000 um, is kind of my maintenance for that 79, 80 uh, kilos around about there um, with the odd cheat meal in there as well. Um, so what I'm doing is, uh, yeah, less stress from um, no hit um, cardio. Um, as much as I, I was kind of married to that for years and I've, I've been doing it nearly 10 years, um, I look and I feel better when I'm not doing it. And because I train three times per week, um, it makes sense to that extra 15, 20 minutes at the end of the session, put that into more weight training, more volume. So that's, uh, you know, the second change. So less hit cardio, which is really stressful, especially for things like leg recovery um, and more volume um, in the weights. Probably 30% more volume um, in my weight training now. More variation. I, I was uh, that guy that used to think, well, just do heavy squats and then your legs will be sorted. But now, um, you know, last off season, I added in things like leg pressing. And then this off season, I'm adding isolation things like leg extensions, leg curls, and stuff as well. You know, I've never really done them more than you know. I think last off season, I did a leg extension once. You know, just a little bit, just to play around. You know, uh, leg pressing. Oh I, you know, I had to get convinced to add like leg pressing in because it wasn't hardcore. It wasn't you know, heavy squats. You know, but now I realise that all the guys at the top don't discard anything. They use all the tools in their toolbox. Yeah. Um, so yeah, That's now I'm mad. doing, yeah, heavier, lighter work with, uh, high rep work, low rep work, uh, everything, you know, and, um, I'm going to stick with a three day split just cause it works really well with my, um, schedule, my family uh, work and everything yes. else. But also it also still accommodates that increase in volume. I can still do that, um, with, um, the three days and I will adapt to that. Now, if I get to a point where I've adapted to that and I plateau, Yes, maybe, um, you know, once, you know, my eldest is at school and, um, you know, which is this coming September uh, and my youngest is no longer having night feeds, um, then maybe, uh, yeah, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, and and I, I like the idea of a split. You know, I know the, the frequency um, you know, argument and I've, I've been on that bandwagon, but I enjoy training like a bodybuilder. I enjoy training like your yeah. Rich Gosdeckers, um, you know, your David Cage, your Marco, you know, your, your basic, your, your pros that have built their physique, train like bodybuilders, eating like bodybuilders. Um, I enjoy that more. So that's what I would do. I wouldn't do um, a, a higher frequency um, approach anymore. We spoke about um, DUP, you know, programming um, in LA and that's that really makes sense to me but i just wouldn't enjoy it half as much I, i'd love the idea of squatting frequently and i've done that before in the past um like you know heavy uh, light medium system and that sort of thing but that's great for initial growth if if i'm wanting to do this for another 20 years squatting three times a week i'm going to get injured at some point you know i'm going to get yeah. you know, there's a lot of wear and tear on that it's it's fine, you know. It's fine looking at DUP or something like that, or per, mm. or like um, a percentage. The DUP. Scheme. When you don't, when you yeah, when you don't, when you don't train that hard, but when you're taking a DUP approach and you're 
applying the intensity at which you apply to your work sets, you know, taking yeah. taking sets to a pretty close proximity of failure and doing mm-hmm. that three times a week, you're, you're bound to get very, very injured. Um, yeah. And it's, it's actually happened to, you know, a few pros. It's what it's happened to Lane Norton, who was one of the biggest, you know, biggest Proponents. advocates of that kind yeah. of approach. Yeah. Um, he's, you know, heavily injured right now. Um, and just coming back, funnily enough, uh, but he's had about five comebacks, I think. Mm. So mm-hmm. this will maybe be one of the final ones. And then you have like someone like Brian Whitaker, uh, Brian Whitaker, who you know was extremely strong. I was actually watching some of um, Brian's sumo videos before my sumo session um, the other day because I, I like doing that. I like watching. Uh, I watch yeah. like quite a lot of your training vid- videos before I do like an upper ah, cool. session or something like that. Um, mm. And it's. Uh, to find like that, find things like that super motivating. But um, you know, for for someone like Brian, he he's destroyed his knees, like absolutely yeah. said goodbye to his knees with um, frequency of squatting and and deadlifting. Um, but you know, it, it works because you you're able to stay pretty strong, and get very strong. But mm-hmm. uh, there is a there is a sell by date on things like that. So you know, for example, on like my compound movements on the ones that I take to a close proximity of failure, I'll only do two sets. So I'm only doing like, in a week, I'm doing two sets of sumo and two sets of squats. Yeah. I'm getting, you know, very, I'm progressively getting stronger at those two movements. So I'm adding more credits to my sumo and squat account. It's just taking a little bit longer than if I was to do like five sets of three or some shit like that. But yeah. I'd just be in a, such a hole of fatigue if I was to do them at the intensity that I want to do them, you know? Mm. Um, mm. No, so I, yeah, think, I think I, that spot on you will pay off massively, mate. Yeah, yeah. I mean, more calories, less crap food, less um, stress in terms of the HIIT training, which is, is great for fitness, but it just digs a hole in terms of recovery and um, reduces the amount of volume that you can do um, and weights that you can lift. Um, you know, I'm doing things like, I used to do like a hit on the, on the bike where I would, my heart rate would be like over 100% of my predicted max and it would be silly, you know, I'd be built up this intensity over years and years and then I'd be trying to deadlift two days after and, and I don't have to worry about that now. I can just, you know, go into ben, every mate, session. Your audio's good. gone all croaky, I can't hear uh, what you're saying. Where where were we at? We were talking about Brian and his knees. Yeah, so yeah, DUP and um, training higher frequency um, and why I'm not going to be doing things like that anymore. And um, mm. you know, as now as I said, I enjoy training like a bodybuilder now. You know, each body part kind of once per week and really, you know, hitting it hard, intensity, lots of variation, keeping things fun. Um, so to have a real structured program when you're looking at percentages and that sort of thing, the more structured things get, you know, I think, oh, that's brilliant. And then three weeks into training that way, I, I really don't enjoy it. So what I like to do is I do a five by five on your power lift. Um, so a squat day Monday, bench day Wednesday, deadlift day Friday. And then I follow that with the typical bodybuilding type workout. Yeah. So after a, after a squat, it might be leg pressing, um, could be pyramids, uh, drop set, superset, whatever. Um, you know, it could just be straight sets and most of the time it is, um, still keeping it as heavy as possible, higher rep, um, leg extensions, leg curls, stiff leg deadlifts, calf raises, seated cut, you know, your basic stuff going around, you know, some of the cool equipment in your gym, um, but also, you know, heavy free weights and stuff as well. 
You know, how I, do you and that's program how I like the five by fives out of interest, Ben? Do you do you keep a few reps in the tank on the first like three to four sets, and then go up, like, yeah. close to failure on the last one? I well, I would say it's more experience, but it's um, I don't go on percentages or anything like that. I just know what I'm currently using for a five by five, and yeah. that last set is failure or you know I aim to get every rep, and to be fair, I I do, um, but that last set is always is always failure if it's if it's not and i think i could have done a sixth rep i increase the weight next time yeah, um, yeah. and it's as simple as that and i've been doing that for many years and it's still progressing in a linear fashion um it may stall for a few weeks or months on end and you know during dieting phases i keep that in there at the start of every session you know and it's a good indicator of what i'm doing it was pretty cool to look back at uh, my my logs for 2016 and see what my five by five on a Monday, Wednesday, Friday were, because um, it was the exact same structure as what I'm doing now, and I was stronger this time around, which I knew had contributed to um, more growth. Um, sure. As simple yeah. as that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And add to that more volume. Um, and we spoke a little bit about me getting rid of the hit, um, which I, it took a lot of um, a lot of convincing, a lot of thought and stuff. But it was just obvious. I got rid of the hit, and my body felt and looked better you know and it, there's nothing more in bodybuilding than looking better on stage you know so yeah. i was like right i'll get rid of it i need to have something in its place so um you know cardiovascular activity i don't want to just be going to the gym hitting weights and then going home sitting on the sofa so i make sure i hit ten thousand steps a day as a, as a minimum yeah. um and that keeps me real active and to be fair i'm walking a lot more than i was you know at work and stuff that I, I do that anyway but on my days off if I'm at home with the kids and stuff um you know I've got a dog I, even if I walk the dog a couple of times per day I'm still not quite doing you know maybe 10,000 steps so I, I'm more effort uh, and I'm more active and I'm actually feeling a lot more agile because of that as well yeah uh, yeah so, I would agree like keeping some baseline level of activity would be good for you yeah. especially with taking out the the hit which you were doing in your off season anyway weren't yeah. you? you were doing hit in the off yes. season so yeah all the way through um yeah and now there's not only a better recovery not as much stress more volume for the weights um but yeah my fitness hasn't dropped at all my resting heart rate and all that sort of thing is exactly the same um yeah. i'm just i'm more active um i feel healthier it's, it's brilliant so yeah. i'll keep doing that um, and they're they're the main changes this time around so yeah more food and um, better food um more um activity but less fantastic. hit and more volume in the gym yeah fantastic it's going to be a good recipe i think yes um, yeah and it'll be exciting to follow to see where you go and yeah. whether your body weight cap is what it's going to be or whether you yeah. do a mini cut diet down go up again like rinse and repeat because mm -hmm. you know i know i know that you'll i know that you'll adapt to the process in which you're you're learning from um yeah. but also probably go back to your roots on a lot of things um yeah. which have already yeah. served you the best benefit which is yeah you know, just the way things work usually you know you'll you'll adapt a few things and mm -hmm. learn from the like from from my experience like the main thing that i've learned in this off season so far is i was really against mini cuts at the start of it i was really against them i was like now nah, just stay in a surplus like prolong it but ever since coming down from the peak of 184 that i hit and then i rinsed that down to like the high 160s which yeah. is really easy and then since coming back up into the same body weights that i was hitting the last time i was hitting them the body composition is just just way different it's just always way different and performance is 
better as well in these body yeah. weights than it ever has been. Um, and I feel way better as well. And it gave me sort of a sense, sense of direction within my off season, obviously being a two year off season. For me, it was like, before I did the mini cut, I was like psychologically thinking, I've got to prep to like look better. Um, mm -hmm. When in reality, you know, I could just do a short fat loss phase and then start coming back up again and then start looking better and better and better. Um, yeah, but, always you know, learning. That, that's something that I've learned, you know. Initially, I would be like, fuck the mini cuts, but mm -hmm. um, I think they do offer a decent amount of benefit. Yeah, always learning, mate. I mean, I, I was always against refeeds. Um, I've kind of gone full circle. I, I was against refeeds and like, no, it's not hardcore to be, don't need that, just eat more yeah. food every day. And then I had refeeds for the first half of my prep where I'd one day have like an off-season amount of 3,000 calories um, sure. and I'd feel better. And yeah. it was so almost too easy losing body fat at that stage. And then the last, um, after the heart of England, um, I got rid of the refeeds and I know it was after the UK, I got rid of the refeeds and I tightened up loads. So there's pros and cons to both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, I think ultimately you've got to be real confident in your approach. And, yeah, and that's what, right. that's what right. matters. You yeah. can't be lost in your approach. What no. the minute you get lost is like the minute everything starts going wrong. Yeah. Cause crumbled. you can't sleep at night. Cause you're thinking about what you're going to fucking do in the morning. Yeah. I yeah. remember that. I had a few yeah. phases like that in my prep. Mm -hmm. where I was yeah. Like, I think we all do, mate. Yeah, I think I did like a diet break after the UK finals because someone told me, oh, you definitely need a diet break. Mm. So I was already on high food and then I ran even higher food and I just started to look like, just like really, really, really full, but like too full, like yeah. just basically spilled. Which messes with your head when you've still got like, business. Fuck, I'm not know. liking this look at all. Yeah. Like I look yeah. like I'm post-show and I shouldn't be. Um, it you almost prefer to look flat, don't you? You prefer yeah, to look oh, flat yeah. and you know... You could put a bit of food in and you'll be all right, but oh, yeah. yeah. You almost feel guilty fucking eating when you're like brimmed full. You're like, yeah. fuck, like, should I be eating this meal or should I be like digging? Like, should I be, but that's what, that's why a diet break is absolute like mind torture for someone who's yeah. actually in contest shape. I, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. No, oh, I know guys, it, like Steve Hall, mm. he, he really thrived from a, a diet break with yes. his last prep. Yeah. Um, but he was so in control with it and he was so confident with it. Um, I think that's yeah. what mattered. For me, if I had a diet, <laughs> I, I couldn't do it. I, I, I tried actually. I tried my first ever season. I never made it to the uh, the British finals. Uh -huh. I did. I won my um, class at a regional um, uh, as a junior, um, okay. and uh, I was told to just just chill for it. I had something like six weeks, and I didn't have much more fat to lose. I didn't have a huge amount of muscle, so I wasn't going to get silly conditioned. Sure. Um, but I was told just to chill for a week or two. I chilled for like two days and I ended up just binging out and yeah. game over. Yeah. yeah. It, it, even now, um, I would, I'd really struggle. It's all or nothing. You know, it's an intense sport mindset. So, uh, yeah, keep it that way all the way to the end, I say. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, a diet break is hard in itself, whether you, you know, have a period of time off tracking or whether you actually, you know, go up to maintenance calories. Maintenance calories when you've got another show is really difficult because you're like, I'm yeah. not making, I'm not making any progress. forward progress that's visible yet, mm -hmm. but you are actually making progress because yeah. you're doing something that's allowing you to make more progress. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with my clients, like I do definitely run them if I have the time. Mm -hmm. But the reality is, like, and it's what I talked about a lot in my seminar the weekend, it's like, 
a lot of people will not have the time to do diet breaks. No. Um, and you know, very rarely for, do people have like spare time spare during time, a prep. No yeah. Way. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, um, I'm setting setting up a lot of people at the moment, and like, I'm like, now we need to like diet now to get in a better starting position, let alone start like prep prep yeah. now. It's it's like start a fucking aggressive diet now to get you know some level of conditioning back. And yeah. then, you know, maintain for a month and then yeah. start your prep, you know, start your prep on a much better starting position. Yeah. Um, and if anyone needs... done, to be honest, but you've done that in kind of the wrong fashion. You've, you've started in a good body composition, but mm. from like, if you look at your battery level of cardio and calories, your yeah. battery level on um, calories has never been where it should be at the start mm. of the prep really, has it? Mm. No, um, this time around, I, I don't think uh, my calories went down to... 2250 uh, this time around i reckon if i stayed a little bit leaner with more food um, and didn't have the stresses that i've had maybe this year i'd be you know getting in the same condition with three or four hundred more calories a day easily you know um maybe maybe more that doesn't mean it's going to be easier to i'm gonna i'll still feel as fatigued on that amount of food but it just means you're gonna have more tissue at the end of it and if anyone needs any sort of uh, reassurance that you um you know, you need time to diet as well. Well, like we were just saying, you know, have a look at my uh, my progress photos on my Instagram. You now at 16, 20 weeks out, people were going, "God, you're peeled! Like you're completely." Uh, I wasn't peeled. Like upper body was was you know 90% in, but in 20 weeks, how much progress? I didn't make you know a huge amount of visual progress in my upper body, but lower body just got tighter and tighter. My my body weight came down about you know, five kilos. You know, so when you think you're shredded, you know, you've probably got another 12 weeks, at least 16, 20 weeks to go. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, and I'm, I held my calories at 2250 from two weeks before the UK to the, so it was six or seven weeks I was holding that amount of calories nice. and, um, and just tightening up. You know, I didn't lose a huge amount of scale weight, yes. but I did, um, I did tighten up a lot. Just yep. by being in a slight deficit, still training. In fact, try, trying to train harder, harder and harder. You know, that's the great thing about the lower frequency stuff. You can train real hard and you will recover. You know, so you can keep pushing, keep pushing, and um, you almost build a little bit of muscle going into the last few weeks because of the, you know, the highs and adrenaline and everything else. So yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I do like that approach. Yeah, absolutely. It'll be very interesting to see like your future preps because you're, you're just only going to get better and better at doing them. Yeah, it's um, exciting. Only going to get better and better. Like I think, I, I think honestly, what excites me most about your physique and following your progress is that I think you've only just touched the surface on what you're you're capable of doing, mate. Yeah, which is I agree. Exciting for someone who's a world champion and a pro pro level. Yeah, that's, I mean, I'm going to have to make massive improvements. There's no, there's no, the thing, uh, you know, yeah, that's the you thing. Know, I, I'm now, I was, I'm going to be a middleweight next time I compete. Yeah. Um, I'm, I could be on stage with Babacar, you know, yeah. trying to battle it out. That, that's the. Well, you will be hopefully because he's the best yeah. middleweight that's probably yeah. one of the best middles that has ever lived. You know, I reckon he'll he'll keep winning that class and and oh, potentially wow. the overall for a long while. Yeah, he's yeah. just a, a sight to be seen photos don't do him justice at all either no, it's just so know. so big he's, he's a couple of inches shorter than me um but he just looks he, he looks 200 pounds you know i've seen ifbb pros in contest shape that don't impress me as much as babacar you know same. um he's such a humble guy as well i was chatting to him you know he's, he was got such a kind of real quiet 
you know, placid way about him. You know, he's really, really chilled. But he's, you know, apparently he's, a, I think, a MMA five-time champion in, in Senegal, where he's from. He so jump, He can jump quite high as well. He can so. jump pretty high, yeah. I'd love to be able to do that if I ever won the overall, but yeah. I might... Tear a couple of tear a hamstring. So I'm scared he's going to go not. through the stage at some point. Like <laughs> yeah. bounce pass. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but yeah. No, it's it's brilliant. I mean, God, yeah. No, it's a sight to be seen. But yeah, no. The the goal is to be um, battling out with Babacar in. Yes. You know, next time I'm on stage, I want to be competitive with him, and the judges be scratching their heads between us two. Um, if not, be giving me the nod. Perfect. So that, that's yeah. that's the goal. That's what we want. Yeah. Cool, man. Well. That's pretty much it. We could talk forever. I'm pretty, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Um, but we'll wrap it up there, as we said, as well as Ben said at the start of the podcast. Ben will be logging uh, not only on the forum, but also doing a uh, some sort of video content on a weekly basis, whether it's yeah. us having a chat or whether it's Ben sort of chatting to the camera himself and, and giving us an update as to where he's at and what he's doing and whether any mm-hmm. of his thought processes or programming or nutrition is changing. And, and that will be coming on the site. So if you're a member on the site... Um, I'm sh- well. I know there's plenty of natural bodybuilders that are members on the site. They'll be really excited to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is really the goal with the site is to build it into sort of like, you know, very much like you know, trained by JP as a portal for a lot of athletes that are in the assisted realm. I want to make the Made by Morris site or the Team MBM site, whatever you want to call it, um, not only about you know Team MBM but about natural bodybuilding. You know, I want it to be a natural bodybuilding site where you know people go to for video content because there's not really something like that out there at the moment for 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 naturals so that's something i want to create it create over the future and it and it will just be a, a work in progress <laughs> um but for now that's pretty much it so guys if you've listened to like i think this will probably be like an hour and a half in, in full length so if you've listened to the whole thing thank you very much um if you've got any questions for ben um, or you want to reach out to Ben, obviously just contact him via Instagram is probably the best way, right, Ben, to sort of get yeah, out of you. Yeah, that, that's great. Or on your website, um, yeah, you know, exactly. sign up to your website. I've, I've got a, a log there that I'm going to continue now into my off-season. Um, and if anyone's got any questions of and uh, maybe ideas of the, the footage that they want me to create, um, as I say, I'm going to be talking to the camera for about 10 minutes every week, uh, giving them an update, question and answers. Um, I'm more than happy to... Yeah, take on questions and um, you know reel them off on there every week. No problem at all. Yeah. Awesome, fantastic. Can't wait. So yeah, guys, thanks very much for listening as always, and uh, we will see you whenever the next podcast comes out. All right, guys, thanks again. Do the bit.